Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's September 4th. The Peekskill riots ended on this day in 1949. This was a series of ongoing violence, but it had two key moments, effectively two different riots that are connected together. The first one followed an open-air concert that was scheduled in Peekskill, New York, on August 27th of 1949. To be there were Paul Robeson, Woody Guthrie, Lee Hayes, and Pete Seeger. They were raising money for the Civil Rights Congress. Actor, singer, and activist Paul Robeson had really been outspoken on the issue of racism and for civil rights and against fascism. And in the months leading up to this planned appearance, he had made a statement at the Paris Peace Conference about being determined to fight for peace and not wishing to fight the Soviet Union. But what was reported as what he had said was something else entirely, and something that is still attributed to him, which was, quote, it is unthinkable that the Negro people of America or elsewhere would be drawn into war with the Soviet Union. People took this statement to mean that Paul Robeson was pro-Soviet Union and that all Black people were pro-Soviet Union. It became a talking point that he was a communist and that he was anti-American and that he was loyal to the USSR. Even though he had appeared in Peekskill three summers in a row before 1949, this Paris Peace Conference statement and the way it was reported really solidified in people's minds that this should not be allowed. Reporting in the Evening Star in Peekskill also made it clear that Robeson was to be considered a communist and a subversive. There was a lot of press leading up to this appearance about how it should not be allowed to happen. So the night of the concert, a mob tried to block the area. They yelled white supremacist slogans. They burned a cross, and they tried to set the picnic area at the park where this was happening on fire. Meanwhile, the performance tried to go on. The people in attendance were largely Black and Jewish, and people who were attending the concert linked their arms up to try to keep the mob away from the concert site. The police eventually arrived and dispersed everyone, and there were no fatalities, but there were a lot of injuries, and the concert had to be rescheduled for September 4th. Leading up to that rescheduled concert, the American Legion and the Veterans of Foreign Wars planned a protest. The Joint Veterans Council held a meeting to discuss a plan for what to do, and organizations like the Chamber of Commerce and the JCs publicly issued statements opposing the rescheduled concert. There were also labor and civil rights organizations on the other side who supported the performance and who criticized the reporting in the Evening Star for stoking violence and racist sentiments. Trade unions also made a plan to try to defend the concert site. And the concert came on September 4th. It started with classical music and then folk music by those original performers and Paul Robeson. After the concert, law enforcement routed the people who had been there down a back road where men and boys were waiting to throw rocks and bricks at their cars. Cars were overturned. Windows were smashed. There were bus drivers who fled the scene and left their passengers stranded in this melee. Later on, it was alleged that the Ku Klux Klan was involved with this. There was an active chapter of the Ku Klux Klan near Peekskill, and that police had coordinated with the assailants by radio. 
racism, anti-Semitism, and anti-communist sentiments were all tied up in this. This was a precursor to the second Red Scare and Joseph McCarthy's investigation of communist infiltration into the government. In 1950, the U.S. State Department refused to renew Robeson's passport so that he could no longer travel internationally for performances, and then he was blacklisted within the industry for his views and for his civil rights work. He died in 1976 of a stroke. Thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat for her research work today on this episode. And thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this show. You can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And tomorrow we'll have a word with a very clear meaning, but that meaning has shifted a lot over the years. <laughs> <laughs>